The songs we love, the songs we hate, the songs we've never heard. What do they all have in common? Music speaks to us in ways we may not realize. Discover how to use what you already have to get what you really want. You're listening to Power of a Positive Playlist on the OBBM Network. Here's your host, John Chester. And welcome. This is John Chester on the Power of Positive Playlist on the fantastic OBBM Network. Thanks for your time. I'm going to be uh, discussing a bit uh, one of the chapters in my book, Live Your Worth. Uh, I'm talking about setting boundaries of avoiding burnout and increasing productivity. And uh, I love this little book because it was a family project. It was my first book. I got another one coming out uh, very soon. And it's titled, gee, something really creative I came up with called The Power of Positive Playlist, but that'll be out soon. We're going to be, today though, we're sticking with the first book and I want to get, oh, I'm going to tell you a story. So sit around boys and girls, relax. I'm going to be telling you a little bedtime story. And it starts like this. Back, oh, it was late at night on a warm Texas summer evening. I was pulling out of a gas station on my motorcycle. I had just put in my last $1.75 and it had to last me until my work study check came in on Friday. It was Tuesday night. As I turned out onto the street, something in the middle of the lane caught my attention. It was a wallet. Slowing down to scoop it up, I pulled over to check it out, and it was a black leather biker-style wallet, you know, the rectangular ones with brown whip stitching around the edge and, and a silver medallion in the middle with the initial K on it, and it was fat, and it was heavy, and when I turned it on its edge, I could see why this baby was loaded with cash. I suddenly became, you know, intently aware of my surroundings and giving a quick look around me, I'm trying to get an idea of just how much I had to, uh, how much money was in there, you know, and I had to make efforts to repeatedly inhale as I counted higher and higher. It was like, you know, uh, 500, 520, 560, and I'm just getting higher. It was amazing. Here I am in the middle of the night with all this cash all of a sudden. And I only had to count it once to know it was an enormous amount of money to find and to lose. It was just over $2,100. I held it against my stomach and I blinked in the blue-white halogen lights. My hands shook as I, as I checked the wallet again, at this time for ID, scraps of paper with names. But there was no phones, no addresses, just cash. And it was mine. Binders keepers, party time. I was going to be crazy popular back at the community college with this stash. Boy, think of the girls. Or I could stop and get a burger for some greasy spoon. Yeah, I was thinking big. Pulling me from my parking lot reverie was a rust green Oldsmobile blaring Pink Floyd as it cruised by with open trash bags of aluminum cans in the back seat. What if it's theirs? I said aloud. Looking down at the wallet in my hand, I knew it wasn't mine to keep. Even though I knew I may eat better, I wasn't going to sleep any better. So what's next? No name or number. Couldn't put it back in the middle of the street and just hope for the best. And if I turned it into the police, I'd never get any closure. With the wallet still in my grip, 
I threw my hands in the air and went back to the gas station. Parking the bike to the side, I tucked the wallet into my jeans and sat on the curb and waited, believing the owner of the wallet would have enough faith to return, or at least that's what I called it, faith. My action returning to where I found the wallet was an act of faith that the owner of the wallet would believe in the worth of the wallet and commit an act of faith and come back. Mutual belief. My belief was rewarded within about a half an hour by a car tearing into the station, kicked open the driver's side door, and a frantic, shirtless, wild-eyed guy erupted from the car, his hands on top of his head with his fingers entwined into his long black hair as he ran and darted between cars and the pumps. Uh, One moment he was flat on the ground with oil and dirt looking under the automobiles, and the next he was jumping up to look on the top of the pumps. I found my man. He had the faith. Trying to make eye contact as I walked measuredly towards him, I got surprisingly close without him paying any attention to me. Finally, I spoke up and said, Hey, what you looking for? He apparently wasn't looking for my assistance and told me to do something to myself that is anatomically impossible. That was one. Not wanting to give up, I tried again. So what does it look like? trying to let him know that I knew something of what he was doing. Again, he repeated his epithet with vivid descriptive language. That was two. At three, I reasoned, I have earned the money and could walk away with a clear conscience. Preparing myself for another round of this guy's gratitude, I decided to change my approach and go the more direct route. Making direct eye contact, I said in my best Lee Marvin I know what you're looking for, dude. Locking eyes on me, he froze. Now, I had his attention, and we could talk. Describe it, I said. Moving his hands to form the shape of the wallet, his words came in fits and starts. It's about this big, black leather. His breath left him, making him gasp to restart the sentence. Wallet. With a silver medallion on one side, he looked at me hopefully, not wanting to give away too much, perhaps to make him pay for his earlier anatomical suggestions. I asked, what's on the medallion? His eyes grew, and he said, K. Oh, I had him. (laughs) I could have walked away, but then I would have been right back where I started. I pulled the wallet out and stretched to hand it to him. Yes, he screamed as he snatched it from me. That's it. That's it. Jumping about as he held it in the air. I knew it'd be here. I knew it. And he hadn't even checked if all the money was there. Suddenly, he clutched this to his chest and dropped his voice as a look of fear crossed his face. I, I can't give you my I, I can't give you a reward, man. I, I need all of it. I really do. He said, talking too much. Skip it. I said, as I turned to leave, that's not why I did it. But what was the catalyst for that moment? It wasn't the guy. The initial action of losing the wallet was not intentional. It was an accident. Well, it wasn't me. I was minding my own business when I stumbled upon the wallet. 
So what was the catalyst? What was the, the signifying common event that brought and changed both his trajectory for the short term and mine to be in concert, to be in unison? Obviously, it's the wallet. I found lots of lost wallets and purses tossed in bushes or by the side of the road. No one came looking for them. Why? I'll tell you more right after this break. This is John Chester. Here's a fact. Too much of today's journalism is politically biased. So where should you turn to get accurate, leading-edge information that you can trust? The Epic Times. The Epic Times covers the news the way you need it, unfiltered and accurate. Cutting-edge topics like the danger of the Chinese Communist Party, the pandemic, Russia, the Middle East, the economy, and news you won't hear anywhere else. The Epic Times is free from the influence of governments, corporations, or political parties. You get to form your own opinions. Here's a special introductory offer. You can get one-month subscription to the Epic Times Weekly Prince newspaper, as well as unlimited access to their dynamic website for just $1. That's right, $1. Go right now to TrustedNewspaper.com. That's TrustedNewspaper.com to subscribe. Do it now. TrustedNewspaper.com. 1106 Lupo, creative art space for production meetings, rehearsals, and auditions so you can get on with the show. Multiple room choices for up to 20 occupants at unheard of rates. Get on with the show with 1106 Lupo. Call 214-630-7722 to reserve your space today. Welcome back. This is John Chester. So uh, continuing to read from uh, my first book, Live Your Worth, I want to continue this concept. Uh, that does tie in the music. And we were discussing me finding this rather interesting wallet that was loaded with $2,100 cash and how it caused a change between me and its actual owner. So what was the difference between other purses and wallets that I had found discarded on the road? And the answer is they were empty. They were no value. So there was no belief. So there was no purpose. So there's no action. Understand the flow. Value causes belief, which causes a purpose, which causes an action. The guy and I, the owner of the wallet, and I both believe that the wallet had worth. Therefore, we had to share belief, which led to a purpose that leads to action. And though we did not communicate with each other on what to do, our actions were similar in response because of the belief. All this to say, the belief of worth gives purpose that brings action to bear that fulfills the belief. I'm going to say it one more time because it's really good. The belief of worth gives purpose that brings action to bear that fulfills the belief. So what? So what do you believe about yourself? Are you living the dream or just flat screening it tonight? It's been said that a poor man judges his life by the size of his flat screen. Why a successful man or woman can be judged by the size of their library. Okay. If you're filling your life with things of value, and I'm talking money, because I guarantee a library can cost a lot more than a flat screen, regardless how much you're paying. 
but you're paying also in time that you're giving up to somebody else's entertainment or somebody else's belief. By the way, the media that normally vomits out of these flat screens is normally not something that you want to be filling your life with. So what does this have to do with your music? Well, is your music instilling in you a belief of worth? Have you ever heard the term, put your money where your mouth is? Consumers equate money with faith or belief and will act accordingly. In other words, if they believe in something, they will invest time, effort, and money to follow it. The U.S. consumers, U.S. consumers spend a combined amount of $26 billion, with a B, on music and video subscription services in 2019. That's the most recent uh, statistic I could come up with. You sure this has really gone up, and it really spiked from uh, reports I read during the COVID thing. That's a lot of belief, $26 billion? Data on the amount of time spent listening to music, and that's just listening to music, not watching the videos, that's not concerts. That's not uh, live performances at the coffee shop. Listening to music in the U.S. in 2019 revealed that consumers spent an average of 26.9 hours per week enjoying their favorite tunes, down from 28.3 hours per week in 2018. Weekly consumption in 2017 was even, even higher at 32 hours. And uh, that statistic is from, uh, gosh, just uh, just January of this year, 2021. So what? Okay, let's do the formula. Most people work 40 hours or more a week. Then pile on top of that 20, uh, up to 28 hours per week as of 2018, and 32 hours back in 17. That's 60 hours a week. That is spoken for in a person's life. That's investment. One, you work for a job, but then you're giving it up into music. Music subconsciously speaks to you. You know that. If you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that music doesn't just walk up to you and say certain things. It speaks to you in a romantic way, a loving way, an angry way, in a way that uh, you're going to nod or bob or, or rock your head to because you believe it. it. It's speaking to you in a visceral, emotional level. And when it does that, it convinces you of its truth. The more emotionally unstable you are, the more you're going to believe this in your core. And it will affect you in a very bad way. So I'm getting ahead. So people across the world are in putting a belief of worth into their daily routines that can be quite toxic, though. When you search the web for songs, say, about self-worth, I, I tried this and I just put in there uh, songs about self-worth. A large majority of the songs are written by and about women. Is that a problem? No, no, it's a good thing. Any song you would think uh, that helps build a person up from a negative to a positive would be a good thing. Uh, And those songs, by the way, they spend more time ripping at others, mainly men or their bad choices in men, rather than truly building themselves up. Say Aretha Franklin's respect at least is on the right track, but you, you start pulling up some of these other ones and most of them talk about your dirt. You did this. I deserve better than you. 
And I'm going, what does that say about just who you are? You can never build yourself up by tearing other people down. You have to just build yourself up. The project is all about you, not about ripping them. Okay. A rising tide lifts all boats. And so when you elevate yourself, you elevate your family, you elevate the, the, your, you know, if you've got kids, then you're going to be raising them up too. Otherwise you're probably doing the same routine with them. Well, it's their fault. It's his fault. It's that person. It's that, it, it, no, no, you build yourself up. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about a 2015 study that talked about listening to sad music at a high amount that has a certain effect on thinking and thought processes. We'll be right back with that. When it's time to perform, it's too late to practice. First Safety Training in DFW supports local communities and churches through firearms training and nonviolent dispute resolution training. Understand the laws related to weapons and deadly force, handgun use and safety, and proper storage practices. A trained and licensed gun-carrying citizen will react quicker to protect themselves and others. Call 214-808-9757 to schedule your introduction to handguns, license to carry, active shooter, church security, and survival training. Be prepared for the best possible outcome of a weaponized attack. Make sure the law is on your side in the event deadly force is necessary. Call 214-808-9757 and work with former law enforcement trainers and range officers. Meet all municipal, county, state, and federal regulations. Understand your gun and how to care for it properly. Call First Safety Training at 214-808-9757 today. All right, we're back. I'm going to tell you about this 2015 study. It found that listening to sad music a lot has a negative effect on your thinking and thought process. Now, that's an obvious notion that happy music makes you happy and sad music makes you sad can contribute to the fast decrease and increase in emotional stability. Okay. In other words, um, well, let's just look at it this way in a passive way. Uh if you listen to music passively, and what I mean by that is you turn on the radio and just let it run. If you have a radio at your desk at work, if you have it in your headphones when you're at lunch, if you have it in your car when you're driving, and if you're, I live in the DFW area, uh, you can describe driving here as self-inflicted harm behind the wheel because it's just, it's horrible. And so what kind of music are you using to mitigate the harm that comes to you from driving out there? Uh, These things require not a passive, but an active change in behavior. So in addition to emotional side effects, music can negatively affect your relationships. For example, through sexual imagery and particular musical creations, the perception of human connection is altered heavily and on the profanity presented through the music. Men are more visual than women. Women are, but men more so. That's why pornography works really well more so for men. And that could be a real problem because certain songs build images. It talks about a woman's anatomy, physically, picturally, to where you're seeing it. And then you're going to outplay that on your girlfriend. Let me make sure you understand this. The same mouth, as they used to say, that you told your mama that you loved mama 
and you're going to call your wife or your girlfriend a foul name, or you're going to treat her a certain way intimately, and you think that's going to be something that's going to work for you emotionally or for her. Yeah, that's a problem. And you're getting some of it, if not even a lot of it from your music choices. I'm not talking about one genre. There's a lot of genres out there that have a whole lot of problem. There is a bonding that happens when people have sex. Now, first of all, understand I'm not up here being a prude about sex. I don't have a problem with sex. I, I like sex. I really do. Ask my wife. I have four kids. I know how to do it. My problem is, though, you can't put the cart before the horse. You, 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 my point is that, say, for example, the group, the birds, quoted the book of Ecclesiastes and said there's a time for everything. And if you're not meant to bond with a certain person, you are wounding yourself by creating mental and emotional action sites that are not intended to be opened by this stranger. Music exacerbates that. You're listening to a song. You're listening to a common pop list. You're listening to, I mean, did you look at the Grammys? You know, uh, I haven't gone out to a strip joint in about 30 or 40 years. You know why? Because what I saw at the Grammys makes it now readily available. Music is exacerbating. It's using it as a force. There's a book out there by Dr. David Hawkins that talks about power versus force. Music is becoming, well, it always has been a force. You're required to be a, a, a power. I'll get into that. So let's just put it this way. What you're looking for, if you choose to be a leader, a changer, and a creative is power. Force always pushes back against something. It's a natural born antagonist. However, power just is. So getting to that book on page 108, it says, on examination, we will see that power arises from meaning from meaning. It has to do with motive and it has to do with principle. Okay. What are your motives and what is your principle? Back to the book. Power is always associated with that which supports the significance of life itself and dignifies and ennobles. Force must always be justified, whereas power requires no justification Force is associated with the partial, power with the whole. When you choose the music you consume versus passively hearing music on the radio, you step in the power. It is you who chooses your emotions, okay? Understand why I'm skipping here, why, I, why I, it seems like I've just shifted topics. I haven't. Music doesn't work on the intellectual. You may say, oh, that group is so sounds so smart or whatever. Yeah, that's nice. But when Roger Waters created the wall, he was really talking about depression, anxiety, addiction, which require a thinking process to crawl out of. But he was doing it in a creative, emotional way that just ignited uh, that generation, 
And it brought up a lot of great conversations. Comfortably Numb is breathtaking and harrowing in its own self. And it's known as the greatest uh, guitar solo of its day. But, oh my God, my God, you listen to it and you can see the depths of just what it is expressing because he wrote it that beautifully. And that's scary to think about. So your emotions cannot be the thing that leads you. They can maybe the igniting force. They could be going back to the, um, to the wallet concept. It is the, the catalyst and it's fine to sit there and get angry about it. You can be angry about uh, child trafficking. You can be uh, angry about homelessness. You can be angry about lost dogs. You can be angry about, all, and that's great, but that's not going to be enough. You walk around just angry. You're going to be going, Psh, you know, and nobody's going to want to listen to you. Nobody's going to follow you. Nobody's going to hear you because like Billy Joel says, there's a place in the world for the angry young man with his fist in the, in the air and his head in the sand. Nobody cares. You have to have an, a, a intellectual way to emotionally put out there what you've got. So when you, again, choose the music you consume versus passively hearing music played on the radio, you step in the power. It is you who chooses your emotions. It is you who chooses your response to trauma. It is you who chooses what to focus that power on. When you choose, you win. At a time when our government which operates via force, pushes against its own citizens, its populace loses. That is force. We have to become empowered. We need to be consciously aware of the belief or faith that we invest in others, in programs, in religion, in politics, in relationships. Voltaire said, faith is believing when it is beyond the power of reason to believe. Going back to my story, that man at the gas station and I shared a common belief. The wallet had worth. That belief temporarily altered our lives. We were able to agree on that community and function on our mutual belief. To go further with that means that you believe in yourself enough to do it. Start listening to music that engenders just what you want, not what they say you should. This is John Chester on the OBBM Network. This is the Power of Positive Playlist been listening to Power of a Positive Playlist with music therapist and life coach John Ivor Chester on the OBBM Network podcast. Power of a Positive Playlist airs each Monday and Wednesday at noon central and 5 p.m. central on OBBM radio in the Offbeat Business app or get the OBBM Network podcast on demand in podcast directories everywhere. For more insight or to book John for speaking or hire John for your therapeutic environments, go to IvorChester.com. 